Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wastebasket podcast with me, Chris, and you. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank, Jordan. With Jordan, this is not this is not exactly what I said for you to how how you should do this. Oh, oh. Hmm. When you asked how to how you want to work on the intro, and I. I just have to do it like you usually do it instead of this complete (laughs) abomination, this complete failure. Mm. Was that my last detail? (sighs) When is this podcast going to (laughs) end? I think this will be a short one today. Don't worry about it. We're just yodeling in in the canyon, Jordan. That's what we're doing. Well, maybe we'll get our old ashes hauled. (laughs) <laughs> how you doing today jordan how you doing uh other other than being annoyed with you everything was going great but i've sent you so many amazing gifts today or as the kids kids call them gifs <laughs> kids are stupid <laughs> You heard it here first, people. Jordan hate, hates kids. <clears throat> and they're full of disease. Yeah, well, I think they all COVID have COVID now. COVID did not now. start in a Wuhan lab. It started with some snotty three-year-old like touching a door handle. Yeah, probably. Playing, probably. With, a, playing with some sort of feral raccoon. Mm. Mm. Oh, wait, we're not supposed to spread conspiracy theories, are we? No. no okay. I think... I think we're going to get canceled by the algorithm for that. Thanks. Um, Thanks, Jordan. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we are talking about a movie today. Surprise. It's a movie. We're Unless reviewing one. We wanted to talk about other stuff. Uh, I think we can, we can dive any, right in. Did you buy any watches this week? No. No, I did not. That's good. It was just one recently. The uh, Armatron... I oh, forget yeah. the name of it. Oh my god! My f- we'll we'll put a link to the to the video so that people can know how nerdy, <laughs> nerdy. you are. <laughs> it's uh for the listeners out there that are never going to click on this video. It's a little fake gold looking watch that has um an LED display, and I guess this was something that watches had in the seventies. We actually had to press a button on the side of the watch and it would light up all the LEDs to tell you what time it was for like half a second. Um, I'm sure it was very cool back in the 70s. Now it's just kind of kitschy, but the watch is only $35. I think it looks pretty cool. And, and uh, I bought one. Yeah, and you're kitschy. And since, uh, you know, also the 70s, hey, surprised we didn't see that in this movie, right? Oh, yeah. So we reviewed or we watched and we're about to review the last detail do you know what year it was exactly? It's like 73? Released in December 12th, 1973. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's, um, I don't know if you're, you're going to put in the spo- mm-hmm. spoiler meow, but let's, let's go ahead and kick the cat. Get the right. spoiler so meow spoiler going. Meow. Yeah. So spoiler smear on out. You, you have to be quiet and give it time to emanate. Hmm. Okay. So spoiler meow. Spoiler meow. And now we're back. <laughs> All right, so... You're so, you're so professional, Jordan. Well, 
I mean, I just have high standards for myself. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Um, so this movie is directed by Hal Ashby. Um, uh, Chris, are you familiar with him as a director? I have never heard this man before. I mean, maybe I've seen stuff by him, but I, I, I did no research. So he was extremely popular. Well, very popular in the seventies. Um, he's got a great mustache, great mustache, great beard, but definitely like of that time, like the movies that he did, like I've, I've watched, let's see, I've seen shampoo, which is a Warren Beatty movie. Um, coming home, he won, uh, best director for, Mm. um, that's, uh, Jane Fonda, John Voight, Bruce Dern. It's like, um, uh, like a maybe a Vietnam War movie being there um, is a pretty well known movie, and he's probably most famous for Harold and Maude. Yeah, I've heard of that movie. Yeah, but pretty much after, yeah, pretty much after the seventies, didn't do much, and then he died pretty young in nineteen eighty eight at the age of fifty nine. Mm. But he was nominated for three Oscars, including with this movie. This movie was very well received at the time. It's pretty good. Uh, I was looking at this 8 Million Ways to Die movie that he made in 1986. uh, Starring, is written by Oliver Stone. It's interesting. Stars Jeff Bridges and Rosanna Arquette. And it received negative reviews from critics. And currently has a 0% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, so does our podcast. So what does Rotten Tomatoes know? True, 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 true. We've got to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this but, movie, uh, movie stars Jack Nicholson. We're talking about the last detail now. Otis oh, we, Young. Yes, let's clarify. And uh, Randy Quaid. That's basically the forgot, three of them. I don't know if it's... Uh, because, you know, of the race of this character, but one of the other main characters, Otis Young, played the gunner's mate, Richard Mule Mulhall. I said all three of them. Did you? Yeah, I said Jack Nicholson, Otis oh. Young, Randy Quaid. Should I edit out where I called you out for racism? Yeah, you should. Because mm. I, I totally said his name. Mm. All right, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. I Once I, if I do listen to this when I edit it, which most folks know that I do not, and there's lots of mistakes that I don't edit out, we'll see. Um, All right. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Well, it's not as bad as the whole Hitler thing, but we don't have to go into that right now. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe... This shows that you're racist because you, when I said his name, it just like totally went in one ear and out the other. Um, no, I, you know, I have a, I have some sinus pain today, so that could okay. be, a, it could yeah, be on yeah. that. that it's a rare, yeah, yeah. Does so sinus pain turn you into a racist? Is that, is that how it works? That True. could, I mean, think of the South. There's loss of allergies. <laughs> I think we, I think we might have solved racism. Oh wow! All right. Uh, can we get back to the movie, please? And not sure. your uh, prejudices. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Here we All go. Right. Back to the movie. All right. So back to the movie. So uh, this is... So, okay. Our debate was we wanted to watch a Jack Nicholson at this time of 
you know, his career movie, I guess, I guess that was the sentiment, right? Yeah. And it was between five easy pieces and this, um, cause I brought this up cause I saw it on HBO max, which also has five easy pieces. And I pretty much just flipped a coin. I was like, let's do this one. Um, I still want to watch five easy pieces. I think you do as well. I, um, I did text you after I finished this, like, well, it's early for me. So maybe I will watch, watch that. But I, I, um, respected your wishes and I did not. Thanks. I just think it's better for us to watch it near around the same time so that we have the details fresh, you know, right. And Cause one of we us have explaining in the, the movie past to the other. been pretty bad at forgetting things as if it's more than a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're getting old. Um, Nicholson was great. I mean, I, I thought the acting was good. It was really weird seeing a very young Randy Quaid because I think both of us grew up with more of the, uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Randy yeah, Quaid, or Kingpin, Randy Quaid, or Independence Day, Randy Quaid. <laughs> yes, you know, a not as uh, serious uh, actor, Randy Quaid. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that some people out there are stunned that Jeff Daniels is the same guy. Um, you know, in like very serious movies, as he is, you know, the dude from uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Although, I mean, I think his character in this has—he's not entirely serious. This yeah. movie is, this movie's definitely a comedy, like a dark comedy. It is. Right? It is. No, it is definitely like uh, has that comedic elements. And like, um, what I didn't realize when I was researching this is that he actually had made a few other films before this, like *Kills in the Last Picture Show*, which is a really a really good movie um, based on the Larry McMurtry book. Um, I don't, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see where his, well, now he's, didn't he end up in some legal troubles or something, but I don't know. And then, and then to see early Nicholson, um, you know, I, I, I've seen easy rider. I forget if you have or not. Right. I have not. You have not. Um, but he wasn't... This is much more of a... Oh, okay, this is Jack Nicholson. And then he just did the same thing for like 50 years type role, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. little little manic, little... Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's and like, the voice the voice was established, you know, pretty established. That, yes, he is. That Nicholson draw. Yeah, he's a very specific way of speaking, for yeah. sure. Um, which I love. I'm not complaining. No, no, we both love it. But I mean, this was, so he had this and then I think his next film after this was like Chinatown. Yeah. Five easy pieces was somewhere in here. I mean, Uh, pretty good run. And he had one flew over the cuckoo's nest, uh, kind of a little bit later. The shining. The shining was, yeah. Well, that was getting into the eighties, but yeah, like, you know, Pretty good yeah. run for Mr. Nicholson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Otis Young, I guess he was um, on some Western TV shows, and then he quit the biz, it looks like, and became a preacher, so good for him. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I didn't recall ever seeing him in anything. Yeah, no, I wasn't too familiar, but I, I liked him in, in this. Um, yeah, I thought he was really good. I, he was surprised. a good, like, third... Um, like the a balance to the other two characters, 
Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's basically playing the straight man. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Um, you also had uh, probably some people that you might not be super familiar with, but uh, in the uh, in the Nichiren Shoshu, like the chanting scene and like giving a speech was a very young uh, Gilda Radner. I did notice that. Yeah. Um, sure. And Nancy Allen was in this. And a very young Carol Kane played the young whore. And that is what is listed as her role name. I'm not just calling her that. She was just young whore, but um, also someone that's been around for a very long time. And then I didn't really, I knew that I knew this guy, but uh, just because, you know, he's that character actor. But the guy that played the. their kind of commanding officer at the very beginning, I guess he's the guy that was in some of the James Bond movies, the Roger Moore ones. Yeah. He's the real, like he's kind of racist, but also like a buffoon. Yeah. Like police officer. Yeah. That's following. That's like following him around. It's yeah. 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 Those movies are so bad. I, I <laughs> really don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't like to think about it. <laughs> that's okay. But, um, but I guess he had a type, right? So yeah. I can't believe he was like a recurring character in those movies. Ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so yeah, in terms of the cast, pretty good. good. And yeah. it's a very, you know, it's a very, so this, I, you know, I don't want to go through all of our text conversations with the, with the people, but, um, I, I definitely, you know, related to you and maybe should have warned you like because uh, you were like, well, things kind of picked up once they got to New York. Uh, but this is definitely one of those 70s movies that is very casual in its pacing. Yeah, I don't... I Yeah, like the first half of the movie, I was just kind of like, all right, I guess we're just doing stuff. You know, none of it was particularly <laughs> interesting to me. Right. I, I guess maybe in the first hour, I was I was sort of fascinated by... Uh, Randy Quaid's character just constantly stealing stuff like mm-hmm. that was kind of funny and you know like they're setting up the story like Randy Quaid stole like sorry his character's name is um, Meadows. Larry Meadows yeah and uh, he stole four or tried to steal $40 out of a um, polio vaccine um, like a kid's charity box, kids like a charity box, donation box. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like the commander's wife on whatever base that he was serving on was like really involved with this charity. And so she's like, we should throw the book at him and he's going to prison for eight years. Oh, but military... he might get out in six. <laughs> he might get out in six. Although I, I think Jack Nicholson was lying to him about that. Since he yeah, kept saying so eight years every time after that, <laughs> when he was talking about Meadows, um, well, let's do. Uh, I'm gonna do like a one minute summary because it's pretty much all that the plot takes for this movie. Okay. Go um. So, I, so I this I, is. I the think funny I gave thing. you the. That was basically the start of it. So. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's basically, uh, Nicholson plays Billy Badusky. Um, Badass. Yes, he he says that his nickname's badass, which I was like, oh, maybe that's a joke at first, but no, that's actually in the, they they actually kept calling him that, and that's the name of the yeah. And then um, Otis Young is uh, Gunner's mate, first class Richard Mul Mulhall, 
and then Randy Quaid is Larry Meadows. Um, so Bedusky and Mohal are just doing whatever you do as like a long-term Navy guy on shore, you know, on shore on the base. And then they're part of the shore patrol and they have to escort, uh, Quaid like Meadows, um, from, from what I read here from Norfolk up to, um, Portsmouth, Portsmouth. Uh, is that Maine? Yep. Portsmouth, Maine. <laughs> um and so you know they kind of feel bad for the kid but i think also they just want to have a little bit of fun because they're bored in general well, um or at least nicholson is and so it's like well, hey let's uh well no i think initially he was like let's just get him up there and then let's you know take all the stipends and have fun on, along the way right because they were like oh we can get him up there in two days exactly but we have like a week and a half or like you know exactly like six, like six days or something to but do then, this and we just spend the rest of the time to but ourselves then, i don't know like he felt bad for the kid and how he's be, being treated by the system because nicholson's characters you know even though he's part of the navy's like kind of a anti-authoritarian type of person and so they end up trying to help him help meadows kind of live a little bit of life because he's you know super young um uh like i guess he's like 18 19 is what they say the character is um and and so you know you kind of learn a little bit you learn that uh meadows is not only like a pathological thief but he's kind of naive and very like young and just kind of drifting through life not very assertive like the whole conversation about like, well, what do you get mad about? And it's like, well, you know, he was just like doing his job and, um, right. Yeah. So, uh, so Badusky kind of tries to take him under his wing. And then as like kind of the more disciplined, like, you know, just trying to, I guess the person that's trying to keep things still moving forward as the role of mule. Um, and so they stop off in various places and do various things such as drink and <laughs> fight and smoke and play darts and uh, get uh, meadows laid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And That's then it. They take, That's then it, they finish taking him to Portsmouth. And and they, they, yeah. Well, but, after... hey, they didn't even leave. Mm, right. <laughs> it's paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, that was a weird scene. Yeah, I didn't. You thought I, that was a weird scene. I didn't understand. I mean, I was, I was skipping all the way to the end, but I'm going to ask you this now because it's on my mind. Why were they? Why was he saying? So they're at at Portsmouth and mm-hmm. they're talking to this function functionary at the base, and that functionary is asking him, "Why did you like abuse this officer or this this kid mm-hmm. on the way here?" Is that because he was beat up after he tried to escape? Correct. Or that that was what that was? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because um, he pistol whipped him a few times yeah. um, in that leaf pile after he tackled him. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I thought that the um, there were some poignant parts near the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, where like, you do start to feel bad for like really bad for the kid i mean i, I think you feel bad for him from the beginning because like obviously going yeah. to jail for f- eight years for trying to steal 40 dollars seems right. extremely excessive right 
Um, but you get to know him a little bit better. He seems like so, they, I think they do like a good job. Like at first you're like, well, okay. It, it wasn't just like a one-time thing. Like he's trying to steal like everything all yeah. the time. Like that is weird. He probably Did shouldn't you... be out in the real world. Yeah. And well, then... but he also, you know, you got a brief glimpse into like where he was coming from, where dad wasn't really in the picture. Um, oh, you know, he's in uh, Seattle, Seattle, yeah. Washington. Yeah, I know where Seattle is. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that, that's what then, I'm saying. And is then, that, like, the mom they... wasn't there, and they opened, they cracked the door open, and it was just like liquor bottles everywhere. Um, you know, kind of, kind of like I suspect your kitchen is. You know, with the whiskey bottles just kind of scattered across the floor. Yeah, just you're walking over broken glass constantly. Yeah, yeah no, that's what, that's what I was saying though. It was like the at first you're like super sympathetic to his story, then you're like, wait a minute he does seem really screwed up and then as it goes on you're like oh this is why he's screwed up and he actually seems like just a naive like innocent kid so this is really um unfair that he's being sent to jail for all this extremely naive like you know and that for me like that was pretty much where most of the humor came from was you know bodusky or mohal like kind of just talking to him as if you know, like a normal person, you would just make references and he just wouldn't pick up on it. Cause he was just so, or, or like when he was talking to like at that house party with yeah. the women and, you know, she's just trying to have a conversation and it's not working. But then also at that house party, um, uh, Nicholson's characters attempts at picking up were also kind of hilarious <laughs> as well as the guy that kept going on and on about Nixon, which, I guess I guess that's how terrible house parties were in the seventies. Uh, uh, not only the decor, but the company, because the decor was hideous. Uh, well, everything in this movie was pretty hideous, as far as like the grimy, like constantly like look like it had just finished raining. Look to everything. I mean, it's definitely a seventies vibe. What, uh, the Northeast looks like all the time. I don't know. I'm here in sunny California, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, it's America, I, I, man. That's that's the real that's the real America. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, though, I think that the movie first like half of it was a little slow. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I thought like, the okay, music this was is fine. Dis- disconcerting or dis- disconsonant. Like I didn't think the music really fit in with the feeling of it. Yeah, the like upbeat Marshall. Um, not even that like the do to do to do like that type of stuff yeah 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 agreed it Um, felt it didn't feel like it was part of the fit the mood of the movie um so chris i'm gonna just i'm just gonna cut to the chase here did you like this movie I, uh, do I don't you think like, I would. Do you have you watched many movies like this that are from the seventies that are kind of long winded and that you actually did like? I mean, I like movies from the seventies, right? But I don't know about this kind of movie from the seventies, right? This I also is more don't... of like a Altman esque type thing, or it's very just kind of draggy. Yeah, I also don't. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I don't like Chinatown either, which I think. Really? Possibly the same people Podcast were involved in this? Over. No. Uh, well, in a way. So Robert Town wrote the movie. He also wrote Chinatown, which is within, or at least the 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 
thing that is handed down to all wannabe screenwriters is that Chinatown is the best written script ever. That's debatable, mm. I guess. Um, but Roman Polanski was the director of Chinatown. But yes, it does share Robert Town as the writer and Nicholson as um, uh, as actor. Yeah. I guess, you know, I don't mind. But Chinatown's great. Chinatown's way better than this and actually has a plot that moves much faster. <laughs> right, right, right. This yeah, reminds like, me of The Long Goodbye, which is a Robert Altman movie that's like the L.A. in the 70s. And it's supposed to be a classic. Classic um, It has, um, what's his name? Is it Robert Gould? Um, but sure. Uh, Elliot Gould, sorry. Um, and Is Robert Gould a piano player? I don't know. Elliot Gould. Um, <laughs> okay. And... I'm like, this is cool because there's a lot of naked people and it's just like chilling, but it's just not my type of movie. I also do not like Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Altman movies either. Although, who knows these days? It's been like 15 yeah. years since I've watched an Altman movie. Maybe my tastes have changed. So here's, here's something interesting that I wanted to bring up um, when I was doing my five minutes of research before the pod. Yeah. So bringing up Days and Confused, so Richard Linklater directed a film called Last Flag Flying. Last Flag Flying, which, so the person, so this was actually, this came from a book by Daryl Ponixan. And I guess someone yeah. was like, hey, you should write about these characters later in life. Yeah. So he wrote a book in like 2005 called Last Flag Flying that has these characters meeting up later in life after one of their sons dies in Iraq as a Marine. Oh, interesting. And so that was made into a movie by Richard Linklater that has, it looks like, um, Cranston, Steve Carell and Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. So Carell would be, uh, Randy Quaid's character and Cranston would be, um, Jack Nicholson obviously right um, that's a good question and then fishburn would be mule yeah fishburn's mule yeah so yeah they changed the names I, i'm gonna put this in the show notes but um it, it was an interesting article the article is more interesting than uh most of the movie um <laughs> but uh but yeah, yeah. so it, you know it, it's a spiritual sequel i guess is what they call it yeah. but um i had i actually had meant to watch this for a while uh i had it on like um you know because it's got a great cast um not only less detail but this last flag flying i just never got around to it but um kind of more curious now um but yeah i i mean i like link later's other movies but uh definitely don't like days and confused which is trying to be like a casual <laughs> 70s movie i don't know like i yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just a simpleton and I need plot to move forward. I don't know. Mm. I don't need plot necessarily. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Like, right. I like movies that are just like, oh, there's cool vibe going on. Sure. But yeah. this movie didn't have enough, like, good scenes Yeah, you don't, to you don't really need any carry sort it. of interesting characters or plot. Like, that's why you love Dune. Exactly. Thanks, or, Jordan. sorry, actually, the better, the better joke or riff riff on Chris would be the Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. You don't need <laughs> anything interesting to happen for three hours. Uh, Sorry, buddy. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Chris, I, I knew a whore, whore once in Wilmington. She had a glass eye. 
<sighs> There's a lot of good lines in this movie, but yes, it seemed they're like too far, too few and far between. Yeah, I mean, it was just very much a like it's a slice of life. I think you could definitely see it as a novel. But even though they had like a deadline to be somewhere, it was still I I don't know. Like I think some people really love this type of stuff where it's like, oh, just things happen and I don't know. Yeah. You liked licorice pizza, right? Yeah. Isn't uh, this yeah, kind that, of a licorice that's pizza? Your, that's your vibey movie. Yeah. No, but see licorice pizza I felt like every scene there was something like funny or or just kind of quirky or interesting happening Mm -hmm. and they didn't really matter to me that there wasn't a strong like plot driving all the stuff that was happening it's just like oh this is like funny to hang out with these people this movie i I wrote it down there's like some scenes i really enjoyed like when they're in new york and nicholson's betting all their money playing darts thought Mm -hmm. that was hilarious when they go to that party that was really funny when they're at the horror house that was really funny too and then the picnic at the end really thought that was funny with their eating the hot dogs on the sticks or whatever because uh, Nicholson forgot to buy buns. Right. Well, Hilarious. that's supposed to be funny and, and poignant as well is that, you know, they're really trying to have like a picnic for this guy in the freezing cold of. Yeah. 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 Oh, and that, I guess when, when they get in the fight. And I forget. It felt like it was Penn Station, but I don't yeah, think it was your Penn favorite uh, railroad station. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was funny too. But uh, the rest of the movie, like, okay, could take it or leave it. You yeah. know, I I don't think there's like a scene in Licorice Pizza where I was like, oh, you just cut this out because it was kind of boring or whatever. Right. You know, this, well, I this guess... thing could have been like an hour, right. and I think I would have got the same amount of enjoyment out of it. I guess that's. You know, one of those things that, I mean, they in the in the in the filmmaking world, they do say that you know, like each scene should really matter, and there should be something going on, even if it is just hanging out, like in the Liquor's Pizza one. Like, you know, everybody has something that they're trying to do in that scene. So um, I don't know. I, I think I think it's interesting. You know, I'm just kind of thinking off the cuff with all that and. And also comparing it since that was kind of PTA's pay on to those type of movies, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's supposed to feel like a '70s movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, that takes place in the '70s, so it ought to, right? That's right. That's mm-hmm. why they're my best friends, Donna. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, so I don't know. I don't think I'd recommend this movie. I don't think I'd want to watch it again. Sadly, maybe like catch some clips on YouTube of those scenes. Yeah, I would pretty much just do a super cut of Nicholson moments, I think. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. great. He's great. Definitely Which, carries it. I don't like know. If he, if he wasn't in this movie. Oh, yeah. It would like absolutely no, be awful. Like I can't like I would not even contemplate the question yeah. of whether or not like is it good or, <laughs> or bad. <laughs> so I, I guess I, it would be guess, interesting to think of who could possibly carry this movie other than him in that role at this in this time period or yeah like could you could you cast like al pacino as him maybe no no i don't it would have to be like later al pacino in order to be as like weird couldn't do it mm. couldn't do godfather to michael uh corleone 
in this role. That wouldn't be any good. No. I, I think Nicholson it's pretty much makes makes it happen, which is why he got nominated for stuff. Yeah. Um but saying that, so James Conn. Sure. <laughs> we are gonna do five easy pieces next. Is that what's been decided? Uh yeah, sure. We can do that next. Okay. That's fine with me. I mean, it seems like that was that was the intent, right? Yeah. Um, and then... Unless you uh, want to do Chinatown. <laughs> I've already seen that a billion times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we could do The the Two Jakes, which is the sequel to Chinatown, but then you'd have to watch both Chinatown yeah, and no, that. Yeah, that's too much so, work, man. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that uh, I threw out to you based on... Um, uh, and I'll link to this uh, great article, which uh, went into pairing um, food and drinks with the uh, Patrick Swayze movies. Mm-hmm. Um, was the idea of you know because I I was a big fan of the TBS dinner and a movie uh, kind of Friday night thing as a as a kid with uh, Annabelle. Anna, Annabelle Gish or something like that and and that that guy that makes the podcast about depression Paul Paul Gilmartin um all right uh, I'm I mean I, I used to 90s. watch this every now and again but yeah. I don't remember these people at all all right well um or is it Annabelle Gerwich yeah I think it's Annabelle Gerwich anyway don't worry about it don't worry about that bar but we were <laughs> we were contemplating like okay Maybe we could suggest food and drinks or something along with our... Th- now, I joked to you uh, via the text uh, that I guess the only thing we can recommend to eat and drink with this is like a Schlitz or PBR and some like half-smoked cigarettes to eat. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think the, the, the upscale choice for this movie would be a burger with finely melted cheese... Mm-hmm. Or that uh, Italian sausage place they went to in New York. I know. I actually was like, should I look up what that place was? Because that did actually sound pretty good. Uh, And then uh, Heineken, because that's what uh, President Kennedy drank. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny just because it did make me wonder, like, when Heineken became a popular drink of choice here. Mm. There's a Mad Men episode where... They oh, talk right. about that. Right. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to, yeah. All right. So, well, that concludes this pod. You're welcome okay. for having a very short one. Um, That's what she said. Uh, we're going to cut that out. <laughs> and um, so for the next one, <laughs> join us for five easy pieces. And then, I don't know. We'll see where we go from there. A rewatch of Sneakers. No. Our first time we'll have watched a movie twice for this podcast. It'll be like uh, the Rewatchables podcast where they watch Heat every year. No, that's okay. All right, well, we could watch Heat. You want to watch Heat? <laughs> uh, let's watch, I, thought, I thought our goal is to watch stuff that we haven't watched a billion times. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll figure something out. Yeah. We won't bore I, I'll tell you our this, Chris. listeners. I yeah. lied to you last night when I said, oh, maybe I'll go watch some French film to feel like all smart and stuff. And, What'd you watch? Well, I started watching a French film. I was like, you know what? I'm too lazy to read subtitles tonight. 
So I switched to the um, on a Criterion channel. They have a collection called Precode Hollywood, and it has some early, well, obviously some very early films from Paramount. It's Precode Paramount is what it was. Um, mm. And I watched the Ernest Lubitsch film Trouble in Paradise, which was entertaining. Oh, from like okay. 1936 or something. That's cool. Yeah, you know, it's just people making jokes and talking rapidly, and, you know, it actually had a plot and wrapped up in 90 minutes, so it was great. Yeah. I do think a, an interesting option would be uh, an Orson Welles movie. Okay. Because I'm more interested in him after having seen... Have you seen this Twitter thread we'll put this in the show notes <laughs> no <laughs> it's uh, uh, i'm gonna text to you right now it's a, twi- a twitter thread called the goat orson wells talking uh we'll say talking smack uh, a mega thread and it's just like interview quotes where he's making fun of other filmmakers oh these might be coming from there was a book not too long ago which was like lunches with orson where pretty much yeah he was just like talking about people talking trash about people yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. he uh he even talks about chinatown (gasps) your beloved chinatown yeah yeah we can watch some orson wells i mean i've seen citizen kane before but uh magnificent ambersons i haven't seen and there's plenty of maybe not plenty but there's other orson wells films that we can we can check out yeah, here, I just found it. Orson on Roman Polanski. So this guy that's interviewing him, I guess his name's Henry Jaglom. J-A-G-L-O-M. People are describing Roman Polanski's performance in Paris as as Mozart as dot, dot, dot. Orson Welles interrupts and says, it's terrible, embarrassing, he's a bad actor. Uh, Jaglom responds, I liked him when he cut Jack's nose in that movie I didn't care for, uh, Chinatown. <laughs> Orson Welles responds, he was all right in that because he did nothing but stand still, you know. I hated the movie. And uh, that's the, the end there. Wow. Some good hot takes. He, it sounds like Orson really needed Twitter back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this stuff would be good, uh, like little like tweet length insults to people. Yeah. He missed out. We missed out. That's what you meant. A society yes. missed out. Everybody True. misses out when they don't read people talking crap on Twitter. Thank you, Elon, for coming and saving us all. Yay. 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 Okay, Chris. Yeah, let's end it now. Yeah, goodbye, Chris. Find more Twitter threads. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. It's it's 2021. There's nothing else to do.